our jewelry tells a story and it tells your story and it tells the story of who you are and what you believe in and how you want to present yourself to the world. Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on the show is Max Johnson, co-founder and CEO at Awe Inspired. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So for people who are not familiar with the brand, tell me how you founded Awe Inspired and what was the inspiration behind the brand? Sure. So a couple of years ago, my mother, Jill, who's my co-founder and inspiration in a lot of my life, she was recovering from breast cancer. She's a three-time cancer survivor. She's built her career in the jewelry business on the wholesale side, so like diamond and gold importing. And while she was going through breast cancer recovery, we had this conversation about how like there wasn't really anything of high quality or well-designed product that she could purchase and gift to the other women in her recovery ward. And even within the jewelry category, she didn't know of anyone who was designing for this very niche gifting occasion of like honoring survivors. We really noodled on that and started designing some product and had the idea for this, you know, small brand that would create exceptionally well-made but affordably priced jewelry intended to inspire and empower people who were overcoming adversity and that we'd give back as much of it as we could to charity. And to organizations that we saw were directly improving the lives of people overcoming adversity. You know, we had never really started brand. My background is in digital marketing and to a certain degree, but more on like the politics side. My my job, my first job out of high school was or out of college was on the Clinton uh, presidential campaign. So like I wow. you know, got my some of my digital marketing chops there, some at school, some at some other opportunities. So I was like, okay, I think I could figure out how to like launch this brand and she could manufacture it and we'll figure it out. And it was a lot more difficult than that. But I, that I, was that was basically how we got started. And then, you know, the thing that really took everything off for us was when we came up with this concept of goddess, which is very much at the heart of our brand. It's uh, creating product that celebrates you know, inspiring female figures from mythology and history. We saw that there was so much medallion jewelry on the market celebrating male saints and kings. And we wanted to give people this wearable reminder of feminine strength and power. And it went instantly popular with, you know, a huge, incredible amount of celebrities and VIPs who really resonated with the message. It was picked up in like every magazine and just we had this like incredible organic interest in the concept of goddess and that really has pushed the brand to be much bigger than we ever really intended it to be. 
Amazing. Firstly, I want to say I'm glad your mom's okay. That's uh, she is quite the survivor. So that's that's amazing. And I think that that's amazing that this is the foundation of the brand. So I'm glad she's okay. Thank you. Uh, but there's a lot to unpack in what you just said. So going back to the beginning, you know, you sort of had somewhat of a background in the digital space, and then your mom obviously handled the manufacturing side. But what were some of the biggest challenges initially in getting going? Did you hire people to to help you get started, or what did that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge for us and what we were doing at the beginning was product market fit. It was such a niche concept and you know, we really did not have a great process for like design iteration and soliciting feedback. That was like the biggest nut to crack, I guess. And I kind of gave away where that ended up. We ended up coming up with this concept of goddess and it really ran away. But no, when we first started, we didn't really know where to begin. And we did bring on a like MBA type person to help us who had this amazing background in retail at some really like well-established large retailers. Um, we're like, okay, you know, we, we don't know how to do this. So hopefully you can figure it out. You went to great business school, you have the retail chops. Uh, and that individual really floundered um, in, a, in an <laughs> I'm sorry, environment. I'm to laugh, but I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like, just because somebody has certain, uh, you know, accolades or degrees, sometimes they don't always, uh, you don't always get out of them what you expect. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was the ambiguity, right? Like it was, and it's something that I have learned to hire for are people. Who How have, have you figured that out? <laughs> yeah. Like, now I, I feel mean, like that's a huge secret. It's a huge secret is that you have to hire people who have worked in environments with a certain degree of ambiguity around their role, around their responsibilities, around the vision and direction of the organization. You need to find people who are scrappy and nimble and like can roll with the punches very easily. Mm -hmm. And this individual was really not able to do that. I remember just like early on, like she came to this little co-working space we were renting on and like brought all of these like big strategy books and like stacked them up on her desk. I'm like, I, I don't know how much that's going to help you. Like we need to just get on the phone and start talking to some customers and, you know, really get much scrappier than looking at business theory. So anyway, that was obviously not a fit and finding the right people as any entrepreneur will tell you, is the most important part of starting your Absolutely. business. Absolutely. And I think the most challenging thing to do. So in terms of design, because the pieces really are gorgeous, did you, you hire a freelance designer or did you end up doing it yourself or what did that process look like? Sure. So we have, you know, Jill, my mother has done a lot on the manufacturing side. She's a trained gemologist and she really understands that piece. And we've been fortunate to work with a variety of freelance, largely jewelry designers over the few years since we started. And and now we finally, you know, are a bigger team and have full-time design staff, but it was pretty scrappy early on. And I was surprised to find that like, there is this little cottage industry of you know, professional jewelry designers who contract out to all of the major brands. And we were able to find some of them just through like basic LinkedIn posts. So that's really how we figured it out early on. Yeah. So you have a massive celebrity following. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive to say the least, you know, you can definitely check some of those people out on the website to see what, 
what designs they chose, but how were you able to do that? Was it purely organic? Did you hire a PR firm initially? Um, did you pay influencers? Yeah. So, you know, we found a woman based in LA who's incredibly well-connected and she is also a cancer survivor. And we met her pretty early on and like, we're in no position to get help from someone like this, but she really believed in the concept and knew that it would resonate with people. And she's become a part of our, a very integral part of our team. All of the celebrity and VIP and influencer placements we've done have been through gifting. So we haven't paid for placements. It's really been about thoughtful gifting. It's the right product to the right person with the right message at the right time. And really just like rinsing and repeating that every time we came out with new designs. You know, the charitable giving piece is is a central part of, of why this was so impactful. We you know, give back very aggressively to our charity partners. And that resonates with, you know, people in, in Hollywood and talent that they, they had an opportunity to wear a product that not only was fashionable, but made a statement and, you know, could drive donations to causes that they cared about. So that's always been an important part of that strategy. But no, I mean, we, we really stumbled upon like the right product to make that celebrity engine happen. So mm-hmm. Here the in in the jewelry world, you know, we are at a very particular price point. Our product is largely vermeil or solid sterling silver, so it's like an accessible luxury tier, um, but it's not solid gold. And so, you know, we could afford to gift product pretty aggressively without it being this enormous investment in merchandise. Um, second is that the product is instantly visible and recognizable. It's like a Great point. 20 millimeter pendant that sits like right on your chest, like any selfie or photo of taking of you, like leaving Starbucks or anything, we, we can see it. And so many people in jewelry, you know, design delicate diamond earrings or rings or bracelets. Like you cannot get that kind of assets that we were able to get with like this really perfectly sized product. So the combination of like it being affordable enough for us to gift, but high end enough that like an A-list celebrity would wear and visible enough that we could pretty dependably get photos of it was really that perfect combination. That is such a great point. That's actually not something I, I thought about, but that's that's very interesting. You basically are kind of ticking every box and it's instant gratification, right? Like if you send a celebrity, let's say a skincare product, maybe they need some time to test it out if they're you know even willing to do that. So um, right. I think that's a great point. Do you feel that your focus on giving back has strengthened the community that you built for your brand? And how do you choose your charity partners to date? Yeah, I I think the whether or not it has strengthened the community, it's certainly strengthened like the loyalty to the brand. I think for a lot of customers, and this was a challenging thing for me personally to deal with, is that you know by and large with products that give back or do good, that value prop is like the last consideration a customer makes before purchasing. So like they're not going to purchase your product if it's ugly and they don't like it and it has bad reviews, but it gives back. Like it has to be all the above and giving back is like what kind of pushes people over the edge. But it also is, I think, what keeps people loyal to the brand. So we've certainly hear all the time from our customers that the fact that we give back and have such beautiful product are what keep them coming back for more. I think, you know, when it comes to choosing the charities that we partner with, just to be totally honest with you, like it is, 
it is a big evolution. It it really did start with the causes that were nearest and dearest to my heart and my mother's. We said from the beginning, you know, we wanted to work with organizations that are actually providing services to people in need. So while advocacy research organizations are incredible and deserve all the, you know, support that we can afford them, we really wanted to focus on organizations that were providing direct services to people. So that connection between buying the product and giving back felt all the more tangible. We wanted national organizations. So customers, you know, purchasing anywhere could feel like they were making an impact in the community they were a part of. And since then, we've really let our customers kind of drive that process of choosing, nominating new organizations to give back to. Um, I think like a really obvious one that just made a lot of sense and has been a terrific partnership for us is with the American Nurses Foundation. We partnered with them at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, we created a Florence Nightingale necklace. She is like the the mother of modern nursing and give back the proceeds from that piece to them. And obviously the you know nurses are the reason why like our society is still functioning right now <laughs> um, and they deserve all of the recognition and support that we can give them but that really came through our community and that is so much more of how that process will look like yeah moving forward yeah I love that um so diving into this concept of goddess you created mm. your goddess quiz so how does it set all inspired apart would you say that it's a key driver to the brand's growth and loyal customer base Yes. So the goddess quiz, for those who don't know, and I would love to hear from anyone who listened to this podcast, who you get on the quiz. It's a Myers-Briggs based personality test that you can take on our site. And it'll connect you with the goddess that represents your your inner true self, uh, your outer goddess, or like how people perceive you. It'll tell you the color of your aura. It'll tell you your personal affirmation. Um, you know, we've, we've really taken a ton of data to perfect getting people the best recommendation and outcome in this really delightful experience. So a lot of people, it's their first touch point with the brand. They'll see on social, like a CTA, you know, discover your inner goddess and they'll take this quiz. We of course collect their email and they get a discount code. It's been a pretty tremendous way to grow our sure. email list to kind of deleverage our dependence on like the social media platforms, you know, we're doing lead generation instead of like conversion optimization. Mm -hmm. So as those platforms get increasingly more expensive, like finding ways to, you know, farm those leads ourselves and gain data about our customer segments is ever more important. But the quiz is really like so emblematic of what we're doing in the space we're trying to occupy. You know, there are a lot of companies in the jewelry space who are duking it out over like a diamond solitaire or like a herringbone necklace, like your basic staple fashion jewelry. But there's a whole other segment of customer that purchases jewelry for its meaning. I don't know if I've ever been able to properly quantify what percentage of jewelry purchases are for aesthetic versus meaning, but I, I should probably do that. <laughs> and we are certainly going to, after to quantify, but uh, yeah, I, I, that would be an interesting study. Totally. But no, the quiz is really, you know, emblematic of 
that focus of ours, which is like our jewelry tells a story and it tells your story and it tells the story of who you are and what you believe in and how you want to present yourself to the world. Um, and it is a very like vital part of how we operate and how we operate as efficiently as we do with the margins we do. And it is a big part of our growth strategy. So what other kind of digital experiences can we offer people not only on site, but in retail locations? What other things do people want to learn about themselves? And then how can we tie product into that? Here's a fun fact. Over 81% of consumers are opted into text messages from their favorite brands. They're finding out first about limited time offers, new products, and they're having two-way conversations, all via text messaging. And that, my friends, is where Attentive comes in. Attentive is a personalized text messaging platform that lets you grow your SMS subscriber list, interact with customers in real time, and unlock a new source of revenue. With tons of best practices built in, Attentive makes sure your audience stays engaged too. Thousands of innovative brands like CB2, Pura Vida, and Coach have created magical customer experiences and driven millions in online revenue using Attentive-powered text messages. Meet your secret weapon to cut through the clutter, grow brand love, and drive more sales. Relevant, engaging, mobile first. That's Attentive. See what they can do for you at attentivemobile.com slash wavebreak. Attentive, drive sales with text message marketing. So diving into growth, like what does your strategy look like at the moment and navigating rising ad costs, like what marketing, marketing initiatives aside from the quiz have been most effective for you? And have you really been doubling down on retention as you've grown or what is, what is it looking like? Yeah, so retention is is obviously an enormous focus, especially for a non, I mean, yes, for a subscription brand, but for non-subscription brands, especially like repeat purchase rate and building the customer loyalty is enormous. And we're doing a lot of that around like collectability, designing new mechanisms for people to collect, you know, their Zodiac, their goddess, their aura, their, their power amulets and like build their, you know, merchandise story that way. In terms of growth, though, you know, the landscape is pretty dire right now. Like there is no replacement right now for Facebook. It is just like there's like there are other platforms that are emerging, but mm -hmm. comparatively size wise in terms of the effectiveness of the advertising, like nothing compares. And so our big initiative, our big growth initiative this year is is sales channel expansion. So we have a partnership with Nordstrom. We are about to go into the Neiman Marcus and we're about to open our own retail location and really focus on winning in omni-channel. Um, and, and, you know, we are, I believe we're well positioned to do that. A lot of jewelry makers in the DTC space, their product, frankly, isn't differentiated enough for them to compete on a department store floor. I think we have this really special mix of product that is timeless and like mass appeal, but is also branded. And so it'll allow us to, you know, have our own omni-channel experience and also expand into wholesale and specialty. Um, so that's really where a lot of our focus is going, especially as the Facebook environment and cookie tracking environment becomes more dire every day. Yeah. I think a lot of brands are 
figuring out their next strategy of how to navigate this, but it sounds like you really have a solid growth plan. In terms of like, for example, on the website, having this goddess quiz, it's really interactive. It's really interesting. Um, I checked it out myself. Like the questions are great. How are you able to bring that sort of experience into retail? Are you, are you doing something like that in store or are you trying to make it a little bit of like a different experience? Yes. So it will definitely be a different experience and more immersive. We are, you know, the, the plan is really like right now, when you go into a jewelry store, you go up to the counter and you kind of point at stuff that you want to see. And then someone is responsible for like figuring out what you like or what's resonating with you, what's not. Our goal with this experience is to make that interaction with the salesperson instantly more impactful. You'll take this, you know, digital experience to learn more about yourself and then be presented right away with product that speaks directly to you and who you are um, and what other people like you have resonated with. Um, and so listen, we, 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 we still have to prove it out, <laughs> but we've basically proven on our site that once we can create a connection between our customers and the product, it's way more likely they'll convert. And we're hoping the same thing happens um, in a store setting. With other you know, retail partners, um, we're developing a special experience for Nordstrom that customers will be able to take on the floor. Um, we have other boutique partners who have versions of the quiz experience in store. Um, so it is a, it's a big learning opportunity for us, but um, a big part of our ex- growth thesis. Yeah, I mean you're gaining massive traction. So as you are as you are in growth mode, um, has your, the brand experienced any growing pains? Oh man, so <laughs> many, oh. so many. I mean, right now, you know, we're dealing with which every retailer that I've talked with in the past few weeks is on either side of. They either didn't get ahead of the production delays related to the pandemic early enough and they are continuing to struggling with a lack of inventory or they overbought and we are in the latter bucket. And it's because frankly, you know, we, our holiday, this past holiday was three X the holiday before we just simply did do not have, thank you, but we simply don't have like the refined planning department and process that we need to have. So dealing with like our first real overstock is a pain point for sure. And a growing pain. And uh, I think exacerbated by the pandemic and pressure on the buying team that we do have to, you know, make sure we don't sell out or that we're not left without inventory in this difficult time of supply. So building systems, you know, trying to fix the car while we're driving it is certain, <laughs> certainly the case across every team. I, I think a lot of brand founders feel that way. And then, you know, are you, are, where are the, where are the pieces made? We manufacture different components in different countries. So, you know, Thailand, Turkey, and Italy are the primary places we do our manufacturing. And that has, you know, that's really a, big part of why we were able to succeed rather quickly was because, you know, my, my mother has been working with many of these factories for decades and knows them personally. They, you know, were helping us with sampling in a way that they typically wouldn't for a new brand of our size because of that relationship. So we we've benefited greatly from, you know, what she has, has brought through her career. 
Yeah. And I, I feel like this is just an interesting side note question. What is it like building a brand with your mother? Oh man, it's a loaded <laughs> question. It's simultaneously the most agonizing and meaningful thing in my life. Like, you know, my my mother built her wholesale business in the late 80s at a time like before girl boss before like you know female entrepreneurship was the buzzword it is today and so i have just a tremendous amount of respect for the fact that she took that risk and like was able to provide for my family and and then some and like it's incredible however she has done business one way for her entire career and it has been you know very analog like no very little technology very flat reporting structure mm-hmm. uh, and so this is very new and uncomfortable for her to have a team that's on slack and asana and like 50 other tech tools that she can't remember and you know, we're meeting virtually and meeting in person and there's like teams now and it's overwhelming. And she's at this moment in her life where she's like, should I force myself to really get out of my comfort zone and learn all this stuff? Or is it the right moment for me to like, you know, hand this off and pass the baton and it's personal and wrought with like a lot of emotion and, um, but also like really special that we got to do this together and even bring it to this point. So it's all the above. It's, it's beautiful. It's painful. It's, uh, it's, it's, I probably how anyone would imagine working with their parents, but um, it's, it's definitely been a privilege to get to do something so special with the person I care about so much. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I think it is really difficult for, people who are, you know, I I don't know if I want to use the word a little bit older or who are not as familiar with technology. That's a better way to say it. Mm -hmm. You, you know, jump into this and dive into this and navigate technology, which even for, you know, millennials, Gen Z sometimes can even be difficult as well. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's really difficult. It's like a massive jump from the way things used to be done, but in some ways that would make you guys actually perfect partners. So. Yeah, it is really it's excellent to see the ways that we do complement each other and the way she teaches me old business and I can try to teach her new business if you want to make it as simple as that. But yeah, I mean, it's been a real lesson in empathy for me. Uh, and I certainly take for granted how like fluidly I can move around like a computer interface. I, and so, you know, I, I'm trying to be as patient and kind as, as I can be. But who who doesn't lose their temper with their mom sometimes when they're frustrated? <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem like a very calm person. So, um, so looking towards the next year, or what is your trajectory for the brand? What are some of your goals for this year? Yeah. So, whole you know, sales channel expansion. It, as I as I talked about, going into department store, opening our own store concept, m- really large merchandise expansion. So, like you know, tripling our assortment, really being much smarter about hitting certain price buckets, different micro aesthetics within our customer base, developing into new product categories of our own. So fragrance uh, and home fragrance are, you know, at at the top of the list for us, but there's lots of plans for product expansion. And then, you know, 
looking beyond, I think we really want to explore this world of spiritual wellness. I, you know, we're going through right now in societally, like a seismic shift in how people identify their belief systems. So just over the past six years, 15% of all Americans have gone from calling themselves spiritual and religious to saying, I'm no longer religious, but I am spiritual. And that is a trend that people expect to accelerate as the years go on, that people are searching for ways to express their spirituality. They are borrowing from various cultural traditions, no longer confined by the religion of their birthright, and like really defining for themselves how they view the the world and what is meaningful to them and what gives their life a sense of purpose. And we believe customers are doing that in many ways through our product, be it through the goddess that speaks to who they are, who they aspire to be, to the affirmation they wear every day that, you know, empowers them to manifest what they're, what they're working towards their Zodiac sign. And this like, you know, inherently feminine connection to the cosmos and the greater universe around us. There's a lot there that we really want to be a part of like this new wave of conversation around what do we believe in as a people and how that has changed so much in the age of the internet. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such a a very bold and an amazing mission in terms of product categories, that's interesting to me. So you really plan on expanding well beyond a, a jewelry brand, but you're really more focused on the spirituality of the brand. Is that what I'm understanding? That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think I I really think of Awe-Inspired being more of a spiritual wellness brand than a fashion brand. I think, yes, certainly there's like a very big fashion component to what we do, but so many of our customers are purchasing because of what it means to them and what it means to wear the you, the image of a deity or of their hero around their neck every day. Like it, there's something much larger there that speaks to your belief systems and wellness and who people are. And so, yes, our product expansion will focus much more on products that can help people have those meaningful semi-spiritual experiences. I'm nervous about the word spirituality because for many people it is so closely associated with religion and dogma, but really all the word means is like a you know the man's search for meaning and higher purpose beyond just like the physical self. And um yeah, I, I'm really excited for us to be owning and exploring that space. I um, mean I expect to see a lot more people in D2C and wellness, et cetera, um, becoming more comfortable with some of that vernacular. Yeah, I think you make a great point. I think there's been this, uh, how do I say it, political, like shying away from religion, uh, so to speak. So I think the word spirituality has has definitely taken on a new meaning to, to a lot of people. So I, I can- And particularly for women, right? Like the, you know, the religion is- 
organized religion is just inherently patriarchal. Like the leaders of those communities are men. And, you know, a lot of the heroic figures in the literature are men. And like the whole thing is kind of in, ordained by the patriarchy. And so you, you have a lot of new age spiritual movements, be it you know, manifestation or astrology or energy reading or what have you being led by women who are like, we still want to have this greater sense of purpose. And we want to be able to form communities where we can, you know, openly discuss what we believe in and, and how we see ourselves in the world in a way that's not like built by a patriarchal structure. And I think that's so much of what awe inspired and this concept of goddess represents. Yeah. And I think spirituality is such a individualized personal thing. So I think it's wonderful that it's going into this, you know, it's becoming this individual opportunity for you to just align with yourself and not necessarily these like rigid rules, so to speak. So completely on the same page, I totally get what you're saying. And I, and I love the mission of the brand. So for anyone who's not familiar with Inspired and yourself, where can I direct them? Yes, please visit us at awinspired.com. Follow us on Instagram at awinspired. We would love to hear from you, particularly would love to hear who you get on the goddess quiz. Share it with your friends. It's a really great conversation starter. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.